Hi, my name is Bridget. And I'm Zach. And I'm Eddie. And, and we, we have, have never seen Indiana, Indiana Jones and the, the Kingdom, Kingdom of the, the Crystal, Crystal Skull. to another episode of Fine Owl Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. I'm Johnny. And this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film they've never seen before, but absolutely should have. We've got two extra people, as you heard up top in the room. We are joined by Eddie and by Zach for our last episode of Sequel September, as we are watching 2008's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Zach, Bridget, and Eddie, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. So this is... uh, this is a long time coming. We did the three original Indiana Jones movies like nearly a year ago, I think. Uh, you guys, Zach and Eddie specifically, had never seen any of those films. Uh, we took you on the full, complete journey, as some people acknowledge. Uh, and we'll get to your feelings on those originals in a second. Uh, but we are here for the 2008 legacy sequel, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom, The Crystal Skull. Some people think it doesn't exist. We're about to prove them wrong, but here we, here we are. So I'll start with you two guys. Uh, Want to get your feedback on how you felt about the originals. Uh, if you've thought about them, have you seen any of them a second time since we did the show? Have you thought about them at all? Uh, and then we'll we'll get into kind of this movie and our feelings towards it. But Eddie, I'll start with you. What did you think of the original Indiana Jones trilogy? Um, I enjoyed all three of the movies. I think the first movie uh, was my favorite. Okay. I believe that you guys were mostly poo-pooing on the second one. I didn't... It, I don't know. I enjoyed that movie as well. Although I think that was my least favorite of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I enjoyed all three of them. And um, I don't know how I feel about four. I don't. I think I know even less about it than the original three, which I knew nearly nothing about either. So Okay. Famously, you had to deal with the uh, snake phobia. Yes. Along with Indy in the first one. Correct. So you've gotten over that. Have you watched any of those films since we watched them all together? I have not, no. Okay. Zach, what about you? What did you think of the original three that we watched uh, for the show previously? I thought they were good. Classic adventure movies. Like, uh, a lot of adventures based on indie, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm a big Shia LaBeouf fan. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's asking about the original trilogy. Yeah, I know, but I'm just rushing to that because... He can't wait to talk about Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. I mean, he is handsome. He's a great actor, is what it is. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll debate that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, some some good fight sequences. I like that. I'm hoping to see more of that tonight. Okay. Do you have a particular favorite of the three? Um, yeah. Echoing Eddie, the first was really good. The third was really good. Two two was good for, you know, it had its, its you know, it was also good in a different way. Um, some good comic relief in the second one. I think I like the the fight sequences in the first one. Was that with the bar? Yes. Yeah. 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 The bar's on fire and, and the, fighting. And then with the airplane at the end? Yep. Right. Yeah, so that that's that's probably my highlights. Okay. Now, Bridget, you are joining these two on the hot seat, so I'll go to you next, because you have not seen this movie, but you are an I'm avid fan. I'm shocked to find out it exists. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe no one told me about it. Yeah, it's been a solid... Until four, today. Until today. Solid 14 years that you've been in the dark on this... 
on this little <laughs> hidden gem, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you are an avid fan of the originals. Love We've them. talked about this uh, multiple times, not just on those episodes. Uh, why don't you give us a recap on some of your favorite elements of Indiana Jones? Um, I love Harrison Ford. Uh, I want to, to be Indiana Jones as a kid. Just saw them at the right age where they just imprinted on me and would reenact scenes like the heart stealing scene from Temple of Doom and like dropping Elsa down the cavern from Last Crusade, the fight in the marketplace from Raiders. Like it's <laughs> it's very hard for me to look at those movies objectively because they are just part of kind of the tapestry of my childhood. Yeah, you told us several stories of little kid Bridget with her lunchbox full of indie, <laughs> indie tapes. Yeah, the whole trilogy. <laughs> what are we feeling with the like? Cousins, yep. Throwing um, them down rocks and slides and all. That thing. Thing. Yeah. So, so I I love them uh, in a way that is not objective, but I think they are objectively great movies. So. Which makes me apprehensive about what we are about to experience. <laughs> I was waiting for that <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnny, how about you? You obviously are not on the hot seat for this episode, but you are a big fan of the indie movies, so take us through kind of your thoughts on the original trilogy. I adore the first three. Um, grew up with them. Uh, had them on tape. Uh, on recorded tape, so sometimes missed the beginning and ends, as we talked about in the podcast before. Mm -hmm. Never really saw the full movie. <laughs> <laughs> Some classic um, commercials. Correct. Um, yeah, the first one, absolutely classic. Second one, dark, went in a direction that some people didn't care about. Um, and I think the third kind of wrapped it back around to more of like the classic, more less dark, more comedic in tone. And Sean Connery was a great addition to the third one as the father. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I guess when you have someone at the helm at all three movies, you know what I mean? And they do it right. They're It's probably gonna be at least good if not excellent but we'll see what that means for this one tonight because the same guy also helms the, the fourth one yeah so with a huge gap in between with a huge um, gap correct yeah i'm uh i'm also a big fan of the uh, the main trilogy i think i saw three first so that one i think is my favorite i love raiders but last crusade is just it's super fun i love the sean connery edition i think that's like they play off each other so well his like really smart but also buffoonery as like an old man who knows what's going on but also doesn't is really great so i just love him and harrison's back and forth but temple of doom is the one i've seen the least so it's my least favorite but the whole trilogy as as a collective thing is pretty phenomenal uh, there aren't many trilogies that have three good movies in them even if one of them is a dip from the other two no matter how you feel all of them, and we've all said it, have been enjoyable and good and fun. So props to them for, for crafting that. But this is a legacy sequel, so there's going to be a big gap. We'll see how it goes, but let's kind of dive into Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Eddie, you said you're a little apprehensive here about this one. What are, you, uh, what are your expectations going for a fourth indie movie knowing that it... Came out in 2008. When did the third one come out? 84? I think it's 89. 89. Oh, 89. Yeah. Okay. So it's but regardless, there's, I can see there's a sizable gap there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm a little apprehensive because I feel like, you know, when there is that large of a gap, and 
I don't know, it, it, it sort of just sounds like cash grab. Like, let's make this movie, people will buy it, people will watch it. Just sort of somebody do Hollywood doing it for the sake of doing it, sure. as opposed to somebody genuinely wanting to carry the storyline further. So I guess that's sort of where my apprehensive apprehension comes from. As well as hearing um, other fans of the series sort of talking down upon this movie. Or not acknowledging its existence. Or not acknowledging its existence, exactly. It does make it a little tougher. Yeah. Um, what kind of expectations do you have for this? Knowing that it's not thought of as well, even right. though we didn't think as highly, I think, of Temple of Doom, and you came away, like you said, enjoying that one, even yeah. though it wasn't propped up as much in that discussion. Um, I'm expecting... Um, I, I don't even really remember when this came out, like if it was a big like summer blockbuster or really how this was marketed at the time. When it, it was like out. Memorial Day weekend. Or yeah, so I, I guess I'm sort of expecting sort of uh, a lot of um, special effects, CGI, things blowing up, uh, that sort of thing. Action. Summer action movie. Summer action movie. Hopefully it's practical effects. I know you like practical effects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you looking forward to? And wouldn't to in that be time? in the vein of indie? To, to try to do things? Uh, it might be in the vein of indie. I wouldn't say that is in the vein of George Lucas in the oh, mid-2000s. No. So Lucas just... is involved in this one. Well, he always was. He always yeah. wrote, he wrote it, yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. sorry. So he did write this movie. Right. Yeah. Okay. Directed it? No, no. He has story by credit. Okay. But he's there, like, lock, lockstep with Spielberg. I mean, this is a Lucasfilm property. Yeah. And so this was before the sale to Disney, so this was still under the Lucas umbrella. Gotcha. So even though he didn't direct it, he's there okay. through the whole process. All right, well, that lends some credibility, at least. Some. Some. <laughs> by the way, Bridget, mm -hmm. um, I heard someone, I don't remember where I was or what the context was, but someone was like, Kalima... And I thought of Bridget immediately. <laughs> Thank you. That was yeah, like <laughs> just anytime it's referenced now, I think of Bridget with her little yeah. lunchbox of <laughs> paraphernalia. Yeah. So I'm answering a question now. If you want to. <laughs> what was the question again? What are your kind of expectations for this? How do you feel about a legacy sequel to this and something yeah. that you never saw it as a kid? This is something new and fresh. Do you think that'll give you a fresh perspective? Just kind of what's your gonna, what's your take on a new one? I'm gonna go off on a little tangent and, and try to bring it full circle. Okay, um, I'll try to guide you back there because I know how you can tend to keep going around <laughs> around yeah. a little bit. So big horror fan. Yeah, don't know if you know that's that. true. We, you, um, you're here for all of our horror episodes for the most part. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth, not my favorite series, but um, they they had a few, and then they had one Jason Lives, and they kind of uh captured the essence of what everyone sees Jason Voorhees as. Uh -huh. That movie was is just excellent. And to me it's better than the the first even even though I think it's Kevin Bacon getting an arrow through his neck. There's a lot of great stuff in the first one. But they really, really captured the essence of Jason in Jason Lives. So I'm hoping I have positive expectations that maybe they will really capture the essence of Indy and bring it back in two thousand eight. <laughs> yeah that was good the, the, yeah. the tangent was nice and succinct i knew exactly where you were going with it as soon as you started which was wonderful perfect <laughs> someone does understand me if it had gone any longer though I would, we would have given you okay. the wrap-up signal but you were okay uh now bridget mm -hmm. famously mm -hmm. as we've discussed do not acknowledge this movie yeah i have to confess something i've been lying to you guys 
I did know that this movie came oh, out in 2008. Hold on, cut. <laughs> Cancel the show. I, every every single question I had after yeah. this is now. We just had a sponsor back out. <laughs> Our integrity has been compromised. Yeah. Okay, so you did know that it existed. Correct. Naturally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what kind of stopped you from seeing this? Because I know why these two didn't see it, because they hadn't seen any of the other right. ones. I mean, that's fair to say, both of you, right? Yeah. There was yeah. no interest in 2008 to going out to see this because you're like, Indiana Jones, I don't care. Right? Right. Basically? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you, that's not the case for you. So yeah. what what stopped you from purchasing that ticket, from being first in line, from plopping down your hard-earned college kid money? There there are probably a lot of environmental factors, but Global I'm going to... Yeah. <laughs> Greenpeace. Uh, yeah. I'm going to lay the blame at the feet of two specific men. Named Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Ooh, I was going to bring that up. There is, and I think everyone in this room should be familiar, there's a really infamous bit that occurs in season 12, right about the time that this movie came out, or shortly afterwards. Timeline run. Um, Lines up a bit there, right? Where there is a bit that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas are depicted... Raping Indiana Jones at various <laughs> points. Like I was wondering where you were going with this, but yes, I do <laughs> I remember that yeah, now. Yes. So there, and like that felt sort of like the culmination point of like the tide completely turned on this movie. Mm-hmm. And so any kind of excitement that you may have had as a nerd, because I was also, I was 16 at the time this movie came out. I was not driving. So, you know, I was not able to like just go right opening day. I think you had mentioned off mic, Adam, like, Went to see this opening day. Mm-hmm. Never again. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that opportunity. And so the more time that went on, I sort of was like, oh, oh no. Oh no. And that final reaction just sort of felt like I am not even morbidly curious because I do love these movies so much. I have to just close the door entirely to this movie and never acknowledge it until this moment. What kind of expectations do you have now after being so closed off to it for so long? I don't don't know. I'm trying to, because I've been thinking a lot about that bit in particular. (laughs) Um, You know, looking back on it now, I think like, and you know, it's South Park. The, The scene literally occurs in an episode called The China Problem. (laughs) So there's a little bit of like, there's going to be a hard edge to it, but the, the indie sequences are inspired by a movie in particular called The Accused. I don't know if everyone in this room knows that or not. And The Accused is based on like the real life rape of a woman in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Mm. And so, as an adult, no, right? And his face is like, "Oh no!" Excuse me. You know when you said when you said the accused. For some reason, I thought of the Salem witch trials. And then you tell me what it's about. I was like, "Not too far off." Yeah. No, Massachusetts and accusations. Massachusetts. Yes. <laughs> you know, and the the case is very upsetting. I won't get into like details now, but I think it's really interesting when you think about that sort of point in the cultural discourse. I feel like. That is when kind of nerd culture went from being like, we're so excited to, it felt like there was a grievance of like, this movie wasn't what I wanted. And Mm -hmm. therefore I feel like this part of 
my childhood has been raped, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in reality, the bit is based on, like, the actual violent assault of a real-life woman. Yeah. Like, something got missed. And, like, it's not on Trey Parker and Matt Stone to, you know... No, they're doing not exactly push there. Right. But I think the problem was, is that the audience saw the two of them saying, hey, I hear hoofbeats of, you know, this is a cash grab that we can't move on. We can't, like, keep creating new sort of adventures or different sort of films. And people went, hoofbeats, it must be zebras. It's that they're not doing the nerd shit the way I want the nerd shit to be. Yeah. And so you sort of see that go through Gamergate into the newest Star Wars movies that just came out. Yeah. However you may feel about them, like the reaction to Last Jedi, like there was a lot of like... Not my Luke, not my... Not my Luke, right, not right. My right. Yeah. Me, 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 me. Yeah. And so... That... In, a, in a way to get away from that mindset, I'm allowing myself to see this movie. Okay. It's a very long <laughs> way of kind of coming to that point. Okay. Now, Johnny, you have seen this. You and I are the only two that have seen it. What are your thoughts and how do you feel about Crystal Skull? Without um, getting into too much of it, obviously. I remember being really excited for this movie. I mean, obviously because I adore, adore the first three. Um, I saw this one in theaters uh, with my girlfriend at the time. And without getting to my thoughts about the movie, uh, it didn't bode well for the rest of the month. And like basically we broke up like a month later. I'm like, <laughs> blaming this movie. It sounds but like you're blaming I, this I might be blaming this movie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Everyone's got such deep seated grudges. I love it. Should Cat see this movie? It's so personal. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember being very excited for it. I think there was apprehension because I did see a lot of the trailers and the stuff, the content for the movie, and I. It does start taking advantage of today's technology. It takes advantage of the shortcuts of CGI and other Ugh. things. <laughs> Save that. That's how good you guys. Give me my ringtone. <laughs> Zach calls and he's here. That is usually how I feel when I see his name on a display. You sound pretty excited when you pick up. <laughs> but yeah, I'll save my thoughts for the movie for the post. But um, in a nut, I was very excited for it. Steven Spielberg was a big reason why I wanted to go after it. You know, you got John Williams scoring it coming back. Harrison Ford, hot Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've only seen it probably the once. I can't say if I maybe because I have the box set. Maybe at some point I would just kind of like just I watched it like late night or whatever. But yeah, without going too much into it, I have not seen it much. What about you, Adam? <laughs> I I saw this movie at a time where I think I still hadn't seen Temple of Doom at this point. Because I went to see it, I think, like, opening weekend or maybe the weekend after. I'm fairly certain this was one of those movies. It must have been the weekend after because I went to one of those, like, second run, we don't have it, the first week kind of theaters. And the, the thing I remember most from my experience was I ordered a drink with no ice in it and the guy would not sell it to me because he said it was top heavy and it'll fall over and all the soda will run down the aisle. And I was like, that's dumb. Give me my drink. <laughs> so that was my biggest takeaway from that movie. Um, and I don't think I've seen it since... I had obviously seen Temple of Doom since, uh, but I didn't have the affinity for the series that I do now, having had 12, 14 years of being able to watch one and three a whole bunch. Because normally when I'm on an indie kick, I just watch one and three. Those two are my favorites. They feel cohesive because, like you said, Johnny Temple of Doom is a hard right turn in the like tone of Tonal, the series. Yeah. 
So when I'm in the mood to watch indie, I usually just watch one and three back to back as kind of this like movie sequel kind of thing and take two out of it. And I'll watch two every now and again. But at the time, it was really just I had seen three a couple of times and I saw one a couple of times. So it was like, oh, okay, I'll see a new Indiana Jones movie. Like, that's super fun. I think that's somewhere I saw a movie every week. But I didn't take away much of it. It's not something I revisited since. I remember elements of the movie, but unfortunately I think I remember the bad stuff more than the good stuff. I don't know if that's because it's mostly bad stuff or because I just didn't remember the good stuff because the bad stuff is hilarious. <laughs> um, so I'll be, I'll be, I'm interested to rewatch it, and I think it'll be a lot of fun with the group dynamic because you don't have to sit there in that like tension-filled theater of, a bunch of nerds going, oh my god, is it going to suck? Is it going to suck? Is it going to suck? Which is the experience. Like, like You can feel the tension in the air of like, this might be bad. I don't know. <laughs> so, Because it was really kind of like the first legacy sequel before they're doing a bunch of them now, obviously. So I- I'm excited to watch it with the group, but we'll, uh, I don't know how you guys are going to feel about it. Well, it could be like, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name. From Halloween. Um, oh, Halloween H2O. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm so ashamed. The the daughter of, of two very well-known actors. You, Jamie Lee Curtis? Jamie yes. For goodness sake, what's wrong with me? <laughs> you were thinking about Jamie Lee Curtis They keep bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis to kill Michael Myers. And I'm like, enough already. She killed him so many times, and every every time she did it, it was a shitty rendition of the, the franchise. So I'm hoping it doesn't turn out like that tonight. Jamie Lee Curtis is not in this movie. Okay. Just, I don't think. So you're... I'm hoping it's more like Jason Lives. Okay. Where they really capture that essence. Yeah, you want an essence capture. Yeah. Also some cool vehicles. You know, I really enjoy Mad Max because there's cool vehicles. I'm not asking for that level. <laughs> of all the movies you could have picked with cool vehicles in it, you picked the one fantastical end of the world thing where like this yeah. is... A little bit more grounded than that. <laughs> Are there yeah. any other movies that you would like this movie to be like in general? Um, <laughs> I want to hear this. Mighty Jason Lives. Got like it. like the the original Mortal Kombat. There could be like some. <laughs> there could be like some cool fight sequences. Okay. With bizarre characters, that okay. would be cool. That bodes well for Bridget. She loves the original Mortal Kombat. I do. I okay. I'm open to that. That can that can be in the movie. <laughs> There's no bangers like that theme song in this one, though. I hate to break it to you. I know. Sorry. Oh. John Williams. Yeah. That's hard Big to compete L. with. That's true. Johnny broke his toe to that song. <laughs> we heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, is there anything else anybody wants to get out there before we uh, before we sit down and complete this this fourth in the franchise? Just thank you all for for being here to do this. Yeah. I'm glad we were <laughs> so... able to figure out schedules and everything, get everybody back. Cool. All right. Well, Zach, Bridget, Eddie, what do you have to say for yourselves? Fine. I'll watch it.
All right, we are back. We have just finished watching 2008's Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The fourth and so far final Indiana Jones movie. We'll get to it. Eddie, Zach, you joined us this week. You were on the hot seat along with Bridget, who's back as always. So, Eddie, I will start with you. How are you feeling after watching this movie? Ugh. Um... <laughs> you know, at first, I would say halfway through the movie, I thought, what's so bad about this? <laughs> I thought they were doing a decent job. Yeah. And then the monkeys came. I mean, it was before the monkeys, but... Not much before the monkeys. Not much though. before the monkeys. I, it seemed like things were going pretty well for a decent chunk of the movie, I thought. And then it just took a turn for the worse. I don't know what happened. It's almost like if you're making like a like a pot of chili, and, and they put in the onions. I'll let you get there. Yeah, Go they ahead. put in the onions. They put in some celery. We got a good base going. We got some garlic. Yeah. And then they go into like putting some of the salt, and then the top just fell off the shaker oh. and all dumped in there. And it was yeah. like we didn't need all of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair. I thought it had some decent base. There's a decent little, you know, some roux making down there. Yeah. And then it just went too Salty far. chili. Good yeah. stock. They overseas yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Zach, how about you? How are you feeling after watching this movie? I'm with you, Eddie. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious, even. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that was, was fair, what Eddie was saying. It did have the classic indie essence that I was looking for. Hit, hit it. Checked a few boxes, you okay. know? But there was a certain point in the movie, and it wasn't at the same point as you, Eddie. I think the monkeys were fine. Um, <laughs> I think the ants did it. The ants? Okay. That, was, that was your turning point? I okay. think the ants started it, and the aliens just fucking sent it home. <laughs> they, that they did. So. Okay. That's when the salt spilled for me. That's when the salt and the ants came? Yeah. Too salt. Salty ants. Well, well yeah, it was still salvageable. Yeah. I would have eaten it after the ants. <laughs> <laughs> but the aliens, they tainted Okay. They tainted the soup. Okay. Bridget, you famously <laughs> you famously denied its existence. Yep. Thought it was just a fairy tale, just a bedtime story, stuff of legend. Something your mom tells you yeah. to keep you in line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. How are you feeling after watching this movie? That was quite a sigh. That's all. Okay. Just sigh. It's not, you know, the Eddie's chili analogy is very good. Yeah. I would go a step further and say, you go to put the salt in to your chili, and not only does the top fall off, but it's like lemon pepper salt. Oh. And the Gross. ingredient <laughs> that you thought was really good in a previous time you had made this chili is actually rancid and profoundly unsexy and i would like no part of it oh that was my last note actually about this movie this is a profoundly this is no (laughs) stop the less lemon pepper um this is a profoundly unsexy movie. Okay. And I think that's a problem when you are doing essentially a, a James Bond kind of descendant. Yeah. 
the pulp heroes are supposed to be sexy. Like that's the the point. Right. I I thought he was sexy <laughs> for his age. See, this is the problem. <laughs> Not his age, but just like why are we I can't even talk about it. We'll, we'll, Johnny get, we'll, and Adam, we'll, we'll get, get to there. it. Johnny, we'll you and I were not on the hot seat this week. We had both seen this movie, though probably not in a very long time. How did how did this uh, viewing sit with you? Yeah, the movie's preposterous. <laughs> it's so preposterous. Um, the soup analogy is perfect. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I would go a step even further. Oh, wow. Just keep, like, keep building. taking the soup places. Yeah, like you're putting in the lemon pepper. <laughs> And then you burn your hand on the pot and you drop that plastic shaker into the soup and forget about it and then serve it to people. It's just you're serving hot plastic. Ooh. This is what that movie is. It's it's listen, I think it's very enjoyable until we get to the jungle. I think it's fairly innocent. It's not trying to rob you of the love that you have for Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's not adamantly doing that until it gets to the jungle and it just starts throwing all, like, when Marianne shows up and the monkey shows up. Marianne shows up, that's where... Throwing the snake to get him <laughs> on the rope is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> See, Zach was laughing a lot. I think Zach really had a good exactly time. Like exactly I, feel, I feel bad. I feel bad for the Don't, snake. Yeah. Yeah. But still, the throw was hilarious. Hilarious! It's so silly because the just like the tail seems super long. It just drapes and like falls down. The throw, yeah. the throw is great. So why do we hate it if it's so silly? Because it's not supposed to be there. Like you're not supposed to have that kind of over the top silly. Like a little silly is okay in indie, but I feel like nothing gets to that level. So this was new. This was a novel experience for indie goers. I mean, in a way, yes. <laughs> I think the problem and the reason I think that when the movie first came out, like some of the criticisms, I don't think there was a name for it yet. But when I was watching this, it felt like a much more modern, like it has the sort of ironic, like I'm going to wink, wink back at the audience humor Mm -hmm. instead of this is just funny in a fucking Looney Tunes way. That's what makes any of the comedy in the original trilogy work. And this is like, Remember he doesn't like snakes, teehee? I'm going to make a Star Wars joke in the... <sighs> it's, it's what we talked game. about a couple weeks ago with how nerd culture took this turn and movies did as well, mm-hmm. where they're like, it's not just putting a fun Easter egg in. It's going, here's an Easter egg, and then smashing it in your face. Right. As opposed to just being like, here's a nice little nod. It's, did you did you get it? Did you hear him say, I think I, I got a bad feeling about this? Did you get it? It's right there. Boom. Did you get it? Yeah. Can I ask if this is an example of that? Because this is a, a cool concept for me. The Ready Player One, the level of um, The Shining. Okay. You know, The Shining level in Ready Player One? Yeah. Is that smashing it in your face? Like, look at this reference. Look at this reference. I think All of Ready Player One is, is look at this reference. Okay. Like, yeah. the book especially. It's just a guy listing off things he liked in the 80s. Yeah, basically. Okay. It's, it's a lot. So that's a prime example. It's the most overt example yeah. that you could give. You know, there are plenty of others where you're like, oh, look, there's a thing in the background that I notice on multiple watch-throughs. That's fun. That's an Easter egg. This is, look, look at this reference. Do you get this reference? Look at yeah. this reference. I'm holding this reference here. I'm not going to put it down until you say I get the reference. 
That's basically... Yeah, like, the duck boats going off the waterfall is the reference to the raft falling out of the yeah. fucking plane, where, like, everyone who's watched the series, that's possibly the most preposterous moment of the entire series. <laughs> yeah, come on, that <laughs> was slapstick silly. Well, no, In a different point, way. My point being, it's like, there's no way they would have survived that. And yeah. people, they're almost like saying, yeah, yeah, we know you thought that was ridiculous, how about this? Right. And they we'll did do it, it like, three times. We'll do it three times over, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think a great example of this, if you're going to compare, you know, what's going on in the original trilogy versus what's going on here. In Last Crusade, when he and Elsa go down into find the last grail guy's grave, mm-hmm. and they're down and they're looking at the carvings in the catacombs, and you see a shot of the Ark, and then the John Williams theme for the Ark comes in for like 10 seconds... Indy acknowledges it and moves on. Whereas this, you hear the arc music the entire time they go into the Area 51. And then just in case you didn't get it, we run over the Ark of the Covenant. And it just so happens to be a broken box. It's not just the same box with the same writing. Like It's broken and you see it and it's glow. Well, yeah. It's a... I just like trust your audience to mm-hmm. get it. Or like don't do these things. Yeah. I wonder if probably part of the problem was, ooh, it's been, guys, it's been almost 20 years. It's been 19 years. Like, maybe they don't remember Indiana Jones It's a different Jones generation, stuff. too, that they're trying to feed it to. Not, I mean, yeah. I guess they're spoon-feeding it to a bunch of babies. I guess, but it's <laughs> still a thing that you don't need to do because home media existed. Like, yeah. if you're going to see this movie, chances are you saw another one, whether you grew up with it or you're, you know, like... You were old enough to watch it when it was new. Yeah. And if you're the person who grew up with it, you probably watched a couple of them preceding going to see this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like, I talk about this all the time on the show. If there's a sequel or a reboot to a movie I've never seen, my first step before I go to the theater or even buy a ticket is I'm going to watch the first one mm-hmm. or the original. Like, that's just how I like to go see these because I want that frame of reference. I'm probably not alone in that. And to your point, lots of other people probably would have marathoned the first three and then gone to the theater at midnight or whatever because they're excited for Indiana Jones. They don't need to be told, like, look, 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 it's the Ark. Yeah. Look, do you see it? It's, a, it's an Ark. So they sort of betrayed uh, our generation, the original fans, in order to feed it to a new generation. I don't know that it's a That's betrayal. Sort of... It's just, it's too overt. For it's, what is needed in the moment. It's just not well yeah. executed. Yeah. It's they sloppy. They're thinking we're dumb. Right. Yeah. Don't treat me like I'm dumb. Yeah. I evangelized this movie like a, a little Mormon kid knocking right. on doors with my lunchbox VHS. It's the same right. You're um, Lord and Savior, so, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Dude. But they're not thinking you're dumb. They're thinking... The modern you is dumb. But that's the thing. Every, the modern But you everybody is dumb. in the theater is watching the same movie. Yeah. So if you cater to the dumb people, so to speak, mm. you're you're going to get the ire of the people who aren't dumb because they're like, no, I fucking get it. You don't need to explain to me what a hive mind is. Like, a, this isn't my first sci-fi movie. Like, this isn't my first movie. <laughs> you can do better. Like, you can just be like, they're a hive mind. And we go, ooh, okay. Let's, wait, let's take a moment. Let's play a game. Everyone close your eyes. Picture the person whose first movie in theaters is Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal <laughs> Skull. What do they look like? What's their favorite meal? Like, what's their life like? Uh, it's nuggets and they're six. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're bright-eyed and pushy They're a child. It is a happy meal. Yeah, yeah. it's a child. I don't, I don't know. Because um, there's things. 
there's things that are fun. Like, I love spooky alien shit. Like, when they open that bag and that little claw comes out, it's like, hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want more of this. Creepy corpse. And I want to see more of, like, the alien under gauze in the jungle. Like, that was fun. What do you think of the direction just in general of going with aliens? Because before, we didn't really chase the science end of things. It was always very religion or right. lore or whatever. It this still is... had that supernatural element to the It did, but lore. it's riding the coattails of science and science fiction. Right. With, like George Lucas basically having a hard-on mm-hmm. wanting to do this. Yeah. This idea. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate it. I think it's a good direction to go to. That's sort of like ancient aliens yeah. is... Is fun. Yeah, um, when I does just, Ancient Aliens comes out? Like, when is that show kind I of I feel out? like this is, like, around its heyday. Yeah. yeah. It's starting to, to percolate. And, like, this is, like, the... <laughs> yeah, this is, um, you know, we're a couple years away from 2012 and, like, the apocalypse, all those sort of Mayan theories, mm-hmm. too. So it feels... I can see how the gears would turn of, like, this could be an interesting direction to go. Yeah, you can read the Nazca lines of what he's trying to do. I can do. read the Nazca lines. Um, I'm like John Hurt, like, just wandering through the jungle, completely driven mad, but, like, I know, I understand how we got here. I'm just a little upset that we're here. Mm. <laughs> so, that the, there was some, some real stuff to it. The Nazca lines are real, you know? It was very similar to like, uh, what's the place called? The place with the fancy name with all the faces in the wall. Hmm. Machu, Machu Picchu or, um. Machu Picchu's in Peru. Mount yeah, Washmore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not, Mach, not Machu Picchu, but. Easter Island. Nope. Bermuda Triangle. I'm just going to history channel. No, no, we can, just, we can just edit this and insert my voice saying the name once I figure it out. All right. We'll do that in post. But yeah, you know, I appreciate those real elements. A little bit of history. Yeah. A little bit of... Um, those were some of your favorite parts of the of the originals that you talked about. Is Oh, they went with religion and this really happened and this existed. So that, yeah. that's a carryover from That's the what I'm looking for. Especially, especially like actual geographic locations mm-hmm. and, and real parts of history. But then they just totally got off the rails yeah. with like a bunch of crystallized aliens spinning around the room and then they all join as one live alien they were dead because one of them was missing a head like what the fuck yeah for me like i enjoy the real history element of it but for me who maybe doesn't know all of that it's like where do i draw the line what is now why what am i now being lied to yeah (laughs) (laughs) and what is actually true because that stuff does interest me but at what point beyond like the monkey swinging and the ants, the big ants and all that shit. What's the truth? So many problems. And that's, so many where, problems. that's where it goes wrong when they divert from some real stuff. You could tell a great story with real stuff in it. Don't don't have to get silly <laughs> okay. and stupid. Listen, there's a fair amount of silly and stupid shit in the original trilogy. Like, oh, yeah, You can there still is. be, yeah. like... Yeah. You can't have revisionist history just because it's not as good as the other <laughs> ones. Which I feel like was a big problem when this movie came out, is everyone forgot the silly things in the other ones. And was just like, ew, monkeys. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, those are bad, but like, yeah. the, the raft, come on. The raft, the... Well, I mean, way the, we, mine. We, the nuking the fridge was just way, <laughs> way early on. Yeah, that uh, that became a thing for a while. That was the, the movie version of Jumping the Shark, was nuking the fridge. Nuking the fridge, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it was nice that they had the little shot there that said lead line. So you're like, oh, okay, I get what they're doing here. He'll survive now because lead lined. Yeah, but to Zach's point, the door stayed closed. <laughs> well, to be fair, the old fridges used to lock from the inside. That's right, that's why. Right. That's why he said, oh, you got in a fridge? Those things are death traps. Like, now you just pull it and it opens. But before, it was like a locking mechanism, like a walk-in in a restaurant. So that's why it's at least a little more believable that it stayed closed. Even if it's wholly unbelievable that it stayed closed. Okay, so the door stayed closed. What about brain damage in that thing? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> He's fine. He got the, he got the radioactive shower. Is there going to be, like, He's got is this his face, like, <laughs> melted off? Like, what? I, I mean, there's, like, there's funky maps. The wavy lines mean water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, true. You know, a lot of corpses. Great um, corpse work. Good corpse work, as always. Was it great corpse work? I guess I, I should I should turn to you. How do you feel about the corpse? Yeah, corpse, 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 I don't even know where to go from there. Um, I mean, you got all the mummies. You got the the alien at the beginning. His little corpse claw. Yeah. Okay. When I all saw the, con- the conquistadors, I did like uh, Ghostface. I got there was a bit of a reaction to that. Um, white bone face. What do you want to call him? Oh, like the the actual like temple guards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Face? White yeah. bone face. <laughs> was he? Did I miss that scene? Was he ghost face or bone face or white? He's talking face? about the like, like the, the temple guards that you. They looked like they were corpses, and then all of a sudden uh, they came to life. And Zach went. Ah! And then, yes. I think I said. What? Okay, that was that was pretty. Sweet. That was pretty. That's sweet. not a real corpse. It was pretty sweet. Um, Same thing with the eyeball. I think it, and corpse yeah. adjacent. I like the eyeball. The corpse eyeball adjacent. I'm like, where are they going with this? And then we found out. I like how the face shattered like a porcelain plate. Uh, the mask, yeah. I should say. Yeah, the, the corpse claw of the alien, it was like, ooh, that's cool. And then that's all we get. We see it a little bit more later. When they did do like the full like, reveal of the torso and the, the head of the one that they found. A little later. So you do get a little um, bit more of that. And she opens the head a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no, that's not bad. <laughs> what were you guys talking about when you said mummy? Like all the conquistadors, like they were all mummified like, and wrapped up, and it like his skin looked like he hadn't aged a day, and oh, all of a sudden yes. the oxidation hit it, and he just like. Uh... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zach's not thrilled. With the yeah, corpse, corpse corner is not approved. Yeah. Floor's closed. Yeah. yeah. I think D for corpse work, I guess. Yeah. Well, do those crystal skulls count as part of the corpse work? Technically, yeah. I mean, they are skeletons. Because then it's an F. Whoa. <laughs> oh, oh Jesus. my God. Yeah, you did see the first thing. You're like, that's just tinfoil inside a plastic casing. You asked <laughs> for practical effects. That's true. You did. And they held, did. That, they held that the whole time. That wasn't a green screen ball he that's was carrying. True. Very good point. I got to respect it. Mm-hmm. I did like cutting open that green alien uh, head, too. Oh, in the, yeah. like, in the jungle? Yeah. Yeah, now that now that you got me thinking about it, you know, we keep talking, my brain keeps stirring. Okay. Okay, okay. You're trying to salvage that chili, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Let it go. I'm working at it. <laughs> trying to strain out the plastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zach, you also got some fights in this one? Yeah. yeah I, I think it's a combat scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he throws punches like like Christian Bale's Batman. 
What does that mean? Indy does. They're impactful punches. Oh, okay. That okay. dude is, Indy is a badass. Yeah. Especially at his age. I said he's got ribs of steel. Mm-hmm. You can't hurt this guy's organs. I don't care who you are. Um, <laughs> Not even a nuclear blast could do it. Yeah. <laughs> can't hurt him. That's what, you know, he's just really badass, which is why I was surprised Bridget's not about it. I figured the older he gets, he's like a fine cheese. No. <laughs> like a fine cheese? It's not that. I, it is delightful to watch Harrison Ford doing stunts. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stunt work of, like, jumping back and forth between cars, that I was thinking during a lot of the chase scenes. I'm like, this is enjoyable. Anytime he, like, from the ground kicked someone in the face, I was like, yes. Classic I never movie. get fucking tired of this. It's the Marion element is such a problem. Because mm. you're like, hey, babe. Yeah. What? Yeah, who the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's not. He regresses to a weird degree when she comes on screen. Like, right. he immediately goes back to that 25, 30 year old who was having sex with the colleague's daughter who's 17, 18. Like, he immediately went back to 1935 or whatever. Right. And it was just, it came off as super weird because it was like giddy schoolboy of like, oh, my crush is here. I don't, how do I act? <laughs> right. And it's like, but we already met, we already met her in the first movie. So what, what is this? What has happened? Yeah, that's the thing. You only get snippets of what happened after the first movie to what their relationship, because like they were all, they almost got married. They mm-hmm. like, that was after Raiders. Yeah. Any chemistry that existed between the two of them, and I'm not saying like it can't exist because these are two actors who are now 20 years older. It just isn't there. Yeah. In this movie. And I think you need, if she's going to be there, it has to, you have to have chemistry. Like, they almost she don't interact very much either. Like it's a lot of, he reacts to Mutt, Mutt reacts to her, she reacts to Mutt, Mutt reacts to him. Like it's, they almost never... It's all just, look at changes, yeah. Yeah, they almost never, like, talk to each other, really. It's right. just very quick, like, he's your son. Oh, you left. The guy was nice. I had a life. Like, that's, <laughs> that's think, basically her dialogue in this. I think they smile at each other. Yeah, it, well, that, but that's it. That's you all know? it took. Where the first movie, it's a lot of sexual tension, and will mm. they, won't they, and a lot of good back and forth bouncing off each other. And here, I don't know if it's because there's too many people in the group at this point, because now you've got five people who all need to get in a quip or a reaction or a mm. hero moment, but it does come off as weird. Though I guess seeing an ex after 20 years would be weird. But right. I mean, there were a couple of moments in the first one where they argued a little bit, and it was funny because all, all the chaos that was happening. Here, it's like the argument was going on and on and on. It's like, just drop it. <laughs> right. <laughs> And again, it just, the argument just feels like it's there to give you exposition and not give you a sense of, like, this is who these two people are as characters. Yeah, true. This is how they interact. Like, you can tell from their interaction what their relationship is. And this is just saying, like, the script is going to tell you what their relationship is, not the Mm. performance. Not any sort of, like, feeling you might get between these two performers. It's a little too close to the first one, too, in terms of their the crux of their arguments with each other is you left and him saying, yeah, you knew I would. You dealt you like you put up with me. This is what I do. But like that was the first movie. That was Raiders is, you know, oh, you you left me and I was just a kid. It's like, yeah, but you knew I was a scoundrel and blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. It's the same problem. But they're 50. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it works when you're 
20, 30, you know, years old, not when you're 50, 60 years old, or 80 as Mutt thinks. <laughs> yeah. They could have used some silhouette tongue to spice it up. <laughs> <laughs> nice Top That's, Gun reference. Yeah. <laughs> For those who didn't know, yeah. that was a Top Gun reference. So how did we feel? So we've talked about indie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Feels kind of good to get him back in the saddle. Doing indie stuff is always fun. We talked about Marion. How do we feel about very hot mutt Shia LaBeouf? May I? So hot. <laughs> no. <laughs> Take a course for it. Okay. The greasers in the associates fight. Yeah. That was spectacular. That was good. That was a good fight. When he gets hit and he falls back and there's a bunch of his dudes with him. I just love that. No, I mean, this was not Shia LaBeouf's most dramatic role by mm-hmm. any means. This script limits all of the actors and their potential. However, you know, he, he fit the bill. He did his job, you know? In the couple moments where there was, like, a, a glimmer of acting, he did a fine job, so. Yeah, anytime he was crying about John Hurt, I was like, oh, he like yeah. he's showing real emotion. This is actually kind of good. He actually cares about this guy. Mm-hmm. I could have used a little more shrieking. From who? <laughs> from Shia. Oh. He's 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 good at um, getting excited and scared and and sort of uh, shrieking about it. Could have used a little more of that. It was mm. definitely opportunity for it. Mm. Very like, much so. Yeah. A lot of peril. Yeah. And like questioning things, like what the hell is that? You know. Yeah, because this is an adventure he's never been on before. Like Indy's seen shit. Shy hasn't seen, right. seen anything. Yeah, yeah he, I mean, you're talking about like a new audience who has not watched the Indiana Jones movies. Maybe this person is living vicariously through Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. with this movie, like asking all of those questions. What the fuck is happening? Who are you? Oh, you also are punching people and a professor. Like <laughs> yeah. all of that shit. But that can work, but it also can be part of the problem we discussed. Correct. Yeah, where this is the fourth movie now. I don't need Mutt being like, this is a dead end. Because I know it's not a dead end. It's never a dead end. There's always another door. There's always a secret passage. There's always a lever you lean on. There's always something. Right. And we did get that. That's one of the checks on the indie checklist. Is what? The levers and secrets? Booby and... traps. Yeah. 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 I will say, I, he does do a great deal of his own stunt work. He's on the bike. So is Ford. Like, mm-hmm. all of that shit that chased through Yale is awesome. I really yeah, enjoy that. Yeah, it's fun. It's silly. It's Looney Tune, but it fits... The mold of the Looney Tune level that was in the originals mm-hmm. before we get to it, like amplified, like lemon pepper status. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't care for Shyla, to be honest with you. I don't know why. Do you normally, like, do you have any opinions of him normally? I can't normally? think of another, I mean, I'm sure I have seen other movies with him, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I, don't, I came in totally unshia biased. Okay. Um, shy bias. Yeah. No, no bias. Because that was also a big thing when this movie came out, is he would have been off the back of Transformers, and he would have started getting a little weird in his own personal life, and so mm-hmm. the the Shia hate was starting to come on. Okay. Not to the level it is probably four or five years after this movie, when he really goes off the rails and starts, you know, assaulting people and... Oh, see, I don't even know anything about making that. Up, you I know, don't like, either. Yeah. Making up all kinds of crazy things and apologizing for plagiarizing, using a plagiarized apology from somebody else. Like... Oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, see, I don't, I'm, I'm totally, I don't know about any of that. But yeah. I don't know what it was, but as like an indie sidekick, like I'm just thinking of the other movies. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I yeah, so you've got Marion, you've got Short Round, and the other woman from Temple of Doom. I guess I'm just really putting him up against Sean Connery, I suppose. And then Sean and Connery he can't, he can't, is the other. And he can't win that battle. No, of course yeah. not. So, I don't know. And again, I, I don't think it was necessarily like a poor performance or anything that he did specifically, but just I wasn't buying what he was selling. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't really care for the way he was... Every just Everything seemed so scripted to me. Like, when it was like, oh, I'm, I'm your son or whatever. I was like, yeah, I saw that come up from a mile away. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't need any of that. Well, that's a script. It's not his fault. I'm, well, that's what, well that's, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's his fault. I don't think it was his acting or anything like that. But just him in the movie didn't care for it. Didn't need it. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't for me. Okay. No. Bad character writing. <sighs> I wanted Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, he had passed in the movie verse just yeah. a few yes. years prior. Right. Both you him do, and Marcus. You do see a black and white photo. We do with see him. the photo on the desk. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, very sad. Very right. touching. But, just but completely glossed over after that. Yeah. Another reference at the end where you know, he's like, hey, be laughing at me because I have a kid now and yeah. he's a pain in the ass just like I was. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you feel about Mutt, Bridget? <laughs> <laughs> we need to translate Bridget's nonverbal communication into this. I think it says it all. Yeah, the... The amount of pause break I'll leave for that, I think, uh, gives a good indication. <laughs> the long pause break followed by, uh, I think, is yeah. it's pretty clear. Yeah. Shia's performance is good. You can see why, at this point, he was being looked at as, you could be like the next Harrison Ford. You could be this next something blockbuster star. I just... I know I've spent a lot of the past 40 or so minutes shitting on this movie, but I don't need another indie in my Indiana Jones movie. Mm -hmm. That's, I don't need a greaser version of Indiana Jones. (laughs) I want a Harrison Ford version of Indiana Jones. Who is here? Yeah. I get what they're going for in that you got to set up the franchise to continue on past 75 year old Harrison Ford can, you know, doing these stunts because he's not going to do it forever. And he, he hated doing unless Han Solo. Yeah, unless he is. <laughs> unless he is. But Shia wasn't the guy, I don't think, in 2008. And it certainly isn't it now. What would you have done if he had put the hat on? And, like, you heard Ooh. the theme and it was clear that, like, okay, that's it. The torch isn't passed. He's Henry Jones Third, and Indiana Saga continues. Get a bigger lunchbox. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot, yeah, lot get a bigger lunchbox. We're going to need a bigger lunchbox. Um... I mean, now it's like, well, obviously not because you, Shia LaBeouf has destroyed his career, destroyed his professional life. Like, it's not, you never going to happen. You're such a liability. 2008 Bridget, this is probably why she didn't go. Because mm-hmm. I was not prepared. <clears throat> I had... Like, get real. Like, the part, there's a part of me that's like, get real. Like, yeah. you're not, no one is going to fill Harrison Ford's shoes. When it comes to this role. Yeah, true. You can have, like, an off-brand, like, an Uncharted, but you're not mm-hmm. going to be Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Like, no. as much as this is, like, a sort of a send-up of a Bond, it's not like Bond, where you can have, like, George Lazenby and Sean Connery and Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. Like, we're all going to interpret this. No. Yeah, this There's, is the guy. This is it. Yeah. You can throw in your River Phoenixes, but I only want Harrison Ford. Yeah. 
I guess probably the first person essentially groomed to take over the role. True. <laughs> They're 0 for 2 in recasting indies. Yeah. Not counting the young Indiana Jones TVs and things like that. Right. So, sorry to this man. That's how I feel about Shia LaBeouf <laughs> in this movie. So what's Johnny's take? I, he's fine, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I, the script is bad, and he's doing what he can with it. And I think the movie does know, like, hey, he's not going to be Indiana Jones, like, at, towards the end, you know what I mean? Because they yeah. take the hat away. It's a wink-wink, whatever, but, um, yeah, he's just, he's he's doing all right, but he's just in a ridiculous movie. Yeah. In a very ridiculous movie. It's an um, uphill battle. But like I said, I enjoyed what he excelled at, which was doing, you know, doing all his knife tricks and riding the motorcycle and... I, <laughs> I always appreciate when it's like not a stunt double doing it. You know no, what it's I mean? true. Yeah. It's um, just very funny. Like, I just, I'm glad he's doing what he can with the knife skills of yeah, riding motorcycles. Knife the skills motorcycle. of riding motorcycles. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what he did well. He um, swung from those vines very well. God. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whatever. He looks the part, I suppose. Not Indiana Jones, but like the greaser, the hair, mm-hmm. all of that. The constant Wait. combing of his hair is funny to me, especially when he dips the comb in the Coca-Cola. Oh, the Coca-Cola, yeah. that's funny, yeah. I know, it's real gross, but yeah, it's, it's sticky, so it, it's, it's good for the, you know, for the pompadour or yeah. whatever. I will say, I, I, I disliked him less here in this viewing than I did initially, mm-hmm. because I think I probably would have been more on the, ooh, Shia LaBeouf, like, hate internet bandwagon right. in 2008. And here I'm just like, oh, you know what? He actually, he wasn't that bad. It's no. not his fault. It's the movie's fault. And even with what he's given, like I said, like him getting emotional over Ox losing his mind is touching. It's sweet. It's a guy who read him Bedtime Stories album, Fall Asleep. And here is this now decrepit old man with no mind. That's sad. And he's conveying that sadness pretty well. But yeah, to your point, Johnny, like the movie doesn't help him or do him any favors. Right. It's just like, let's get that Transformers kid in this movie. Yeah. Basically, what it was. Mm-hmm. He he acquits himself well given what he has to work with. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about them. How'd you guys feel about the monkeys? I know Eddie, that's where the the salt came out for you. I, well, I don't know specifically if that's where the salt came out, but that's when. Um, that's when you knew you definitely added too much, that's and it when was you not knew good. The scene <laughs> it was too <laughs> robust. <laughs> the chest yeah. fucked. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. whole jungle chase scene. I think it goes on for a little too long. Yeah. And it gets a little too ridiculous. Right. Or a lot too ridiculous. Yeah. Never, I'm not saying little. I'm saying a lot too ridiculous. Yeah. Too, too much seasoning. Like I said to begin with, I feel like they had a good base going on. They had some of the right elements, but they just went, got way too carried away with it. Too far. Too much of it. Yeah. The monkeys, the ants. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The aliens. And the aliens weren't bad, but some of the way it was depicted in which it was executed, mm-hmm. I didn't care for. The movie looks so ugly at this point when we get to it. It just, for a series that excelled so well at doing stuff in camera, practically, the chases, all the stunt work, they just said, fuck it, and when they went the CGI route, it looks so Mm. dumb and stupid. Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to have to steal myself, because it starts early, actually. It's pretty much the opening shot when we get the fake prairie dog. Mm -hmm. And Elvis is playing. I was like, fuck. Mm -hmm. This yeah, is... a lot of CGI gophers and prairie yeah. dogs at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, of like, again, the chili didn't need this. Mm-hmm. It did. Why? Like, what are we doing? You could Putting... put a taxidermy gopher there, and no one would know. 
<laughs> no gopher. I get it. We're in the desert. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're insect. They're inconsequential. Those gophers. So to me, I don't mind the gophers. Yeah, but it's just an. It's, but it's the execution. Why do the, you need to put the CGI yeah. animal in there if it doesn't matter? So it almost makes it worse that they're inconsequential. Because they they show them, I think, at least twice. At least. Yeah. There's two different groupings. You, they did get a laugh out of you. Because it's silly. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's like, what it, why? Why are we, do, what are they there for? If they're there to make you giggle, then they succeeded. I don't think they are. I think they're there for, like, world building, but they look ridiculous and they don't help. Yeah, so I hate the ants. And I hate the aliens. I just really, especially the one alien when they all combine. Mm. To make one alien? Oh, that was so... And when he, like, leans into... Who I just kept calling Natasha. To give him the dirty eyes. <laughs> Natasha. <laughs> yeah. Leans yeah. in to give him a dirty look. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Oh, come on. Yeah, that was... I mean, at that point, I was I had already written it off. Like, you know, it didn't matter. At that, it wasn't like that was the straw that broke the camel's back, but that was too much. Now, see, that's why the gophers, I don't mind, because they're not that important. But when you got this... The alien that we've been looking for the entire time... The entirety of the running time we've been looking for this guy, and that's what we get. It's so, like, for me, though, like, if Steven Spielberg, and I hope he never does this, but, like, revisits Jaws, and they decide to do the CGI oh, shark with all of that, no. No. <laughs> I know. Eddie? Eddie? And he's making sure Brent's okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, I do think, you know, this is on the heels of the remastered versions of the original Star Wars trilogy... This was a time shortly before this movie, Lucas had convinced Spielberg to go back and edit E.T., where he CGIs out all the guns. Like, for walkie-talkies. That was the South Park talkies. episode. Mm. And there was like a lot of... I think Lucas was still fixated on this. Fortunately, Spielberg has since gone back and been like, I completely regret the E.T. incident. I would not go back and touch touch my work again. Like, I, it's, It is what I made it. Right. With that said, I can see the two of them getting excited. Like, that opening sequence, as much as I'm like, this does nothing for me, it's got 50 sock hop, the cars, that sort of boomer, like, mindset, like, aesthetic that both Lucas and Spielberg love. Mm-hmm. Very like, American graffiti. F- very American graffiti. That's <laughs> all I could think of. Yeah. I was like, okay, I, this is... I guess they can have some things, too. They've given me a lot of joy. I guess they can have this. But then they didn't give me anything else. <laughs> the rest of the runtime of this movie. So To that point, how do you feel about the taking it out of the Nazi-occupied Germany time period and going with a real-time time jump of adding 19 years to the last movie, basically? I and, think it's smart. I mean, you have to. Like, you have no, to. With you have to yeah, like, it's not like... We can be like, Harrison Ford, it's 1945 still. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you, probably could have you? Gotten away. you probably could have gotten away with the 1945. It's the tail end of the war. And he looks haggard and older because he's been through a war, mm-hmm. which is going to age you. So I think you could have gone that route. But obviously making it a, the same time jump in universe that it is in real life is the easy explanation. Right. I did read that they did want to stick with the Nazis at a certain point when this was first being developed. <laughs> like, they wanted to do, like, chasing down the Nazis, like, who had escaped in South America, and that's how they end up in this Machu Picchu-like setting. That would have worked. It would have been fun. But at some point, they were like, oh, it would make more sense if we're going to this time period to, you know, jump to Soviet's Cold War. 
I think it's fine, but here's another problem. We don't have a great villain. Mm. This movie. Yeah, Eddie, what's her name? Natasha. Natasha. <laughs> she's cute. Yeah, she's cute. Um, she kicks Shia's ass for a while. She does get mm-hmm. a couple good kicks in. I do like when she shoots the big gun. Kate mm. Blanchett's accent work. It's a roller coaster. It is a roller coaster. Um, My exact note was Kate's accent is dot 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 woof. (laughs) (laughs) Kate, your accent. Woof. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I don't know. She's like, she's not evil enough. And then we have the. British double agent guy, like, is sucking uh, up too much of the air. Yeah. I want to see Natasha be evil. Yeah. We get it. You like gold. <laughs> <laughs> Even gold member wasn't that clear about it. Love gold. So, there, yeah. At what point did you peg him as being a double agent in the beginning? Like, were you like, oh, he's going to double cross Indy, no problem. Or were you surprised at least by the turn in the warehouse? I was surprised because I forgot about him. <laughs> He's an utterly forgettable character. Yeah. Which is why they have to make him loud and obnoxious and suck up the oxygen of every single scene he's in for you to even remember or give a shit about him. (laughs) Well done, Bridget. Take that, Ray Winstone. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I love Ray Winstone, too. It's a huge disappointment. It's just... I think they looked at Last Crusade as a template for this movie of, like, we're going to bring Salah back, we're going to have Marcus here, we're going to have Indy's dad here. And that movie is able to balance and juggle all these various characters. This movie does not, because we only know really one of them Mm -hmm. as sort of, like, an old friend. Yeah. And the rest we have to get sort of attach too quickly or just tolerate the rest of the ride. Yeah, it's like they almost wanted John Hurt to be the Sean Connery role, mm-hmm. but he's just rambling, so he doesn't even get to do anything except ramble. And then when he's, like, cognizant at the end and, like, his mind has returned because they've given the skull back, I'm like, oh, yeah, John Hurt's awesome, and I wish he was in this movie more as... The, like as a guy instead of just like a lucid person yeah exactly because <laughs> i was like oh shit man he's he's awesome I, I wanted more of him in this movie i like that concept like when we went and saw his cell and there were all the spooky drawings i was like ooh. so i would have liked the idea of like we're pursuing him mm-hmm. through the jungle like a colonel mm-hmm. kurtz-esque yes. character mm-hmm. yeah lovely you know and we're just like seeing like spooky things written on the wall like through the eyes of crying, whatever. Mm-hmm. Wavy lines mean water. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the hits, you know? I will say the puzzles in this movie suck. Yeah. Compared to the other ones, yeah. we have, there's a lot of fun ones in the other ones, and this one just... Some of them look cool, like that big red door like looked cool when you put the skull up to it, but like that's how you opened it. Right. You could have had a little more fun with that one. Yeah. Hey, primitive 1500s facial recognition. You, you can't beat that. We <laughs> get <laughs> really... Yeah, I don't, there aren't even really any other puzzles. There's just the riddle in the letter, and that's basically it. I suppose the removing the stones from the obelisk at the end. Was that even a riddle? Like, that's just a thing that was loose and... It's a pretty simple puzzle. Yeah. 
The yeah, one... that's like not a puzzle. That's like, what if you broke this thing? Yeah. Yeah. A sand's coming out of it. That's probably important. Let's break it. Yeah. What about the seesaw? But he but happened yeah, upon just, that. Yeah. He... A yeah. lot of these things just kind of had, like, he didn't have to figure out what the tears of the man were. They just crashed, landed at the a face in the mountain crying. Like, right. they didn't have to figure that out. They didn't. In the other movies, Indy had to know that this is a reference to some mythological place or some historical context. Let's go there. Mm. You know, he had, a, Last Crusade especially, he's like, oh, the story of the Temple of Solomon and you gotta go here and it was located at the crossroads of these two things and I know that because I'm a historical person. This was just like, hmm, I wonder what tears of the man could be. Oh, look, there's a face crying. That's gotta be it. Like, Mutt figures it out. And not that he's not a smart guy, because he likes reading, but it's, it's right there. Like, it's very easy to spot. Mm-hmm. So he never had to do any, like, archaeological detective work in this one. Things yeah. just kind of happen. Like, the fall three times. Oh, I wonder what that means. Oh, it's the waterfall that we just happened to be on. Like, wow, yeah. we got lucky here again. That's that's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Should be more like a Dan Brown novel. Let's not go that far. Okay. <laughs> Somewhere yet. The somewhere staff of between. Ra is somewhere between Dan Brown novel and what we get yeah, in this yeah. movie. What was the reveal again? I don't even remember. What reveal? The reveal of the crystal skull. Where did they find it? Behind one of the con- conquistadors. The mummies. Yeah. Behind oh. them. Because he just like... Oh, yeah, he has does. Some coins his hand in. Oh, the, the coins. coins, the coins because yeah. everything that's magnetic is alien. flies in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the cloud of gunpowder and... Yeah, but I love when the movie chooses to decide when the thing is magnetic or not. It's just yeah. so inconsistent. Oh, yeah. Impossibly yeah. inconsistent. Yeah, like when they're carrying the big case at the beginning and all the dog tags are moving, that's really cool, but all the guns are staying exactly where they're supposed to be. Right. So it's I just thought like, the guys were holding them, though. The guys had to hold them tight, and she even said something to them. But the guys that are holding the case, their dog tags are going towards uh, the box, and the guns are just around their back. Their guns didn't. And their okay. guns didn't move. Yeah, the movie just decides when it's convenient to show a cool shot of metal moving. Right. <laughs> to its own detriment, because you don't need to explain it that way. You could have found another mechanism for how Indy finds this random thing that doesn't then require you to make sure that any metal in existence in the scene is cascading towards the object. Yeah, because ultimately the magnetism was neither here nor there for the plot. You know? I mean, the magnets never really played any big part in it. No. Which is how he stumbled upon the artifacts. Uh, yeah, but yeah. again, not puzzles, just sheer luck. Yeah. Like, there happened to be doubloons, which should have all been pulled towards that anyway. Why is it that it only happens when he picks it up and throws it in the air does it zoom towards the thing like all of they should have walked in and there's like wait why is that mummy surrounded by all of this gold and treasure let's look <laughs> let's figure that out yeah did any of the action work for you Bridget the Yale chase is good the beginning of the jungle car chase is fine begrudgingly give it I like the sword fighting until he's getting hit in the nuts. Oh my god. Adam, I had almost forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for bringing that back. (laughs) Because the sword fighting is a great touch because he mentions how he went to the fancy prep schools that teach fencing as a throwaway line about how he doesn't like school. Like, that's just a good character moment and a callback to a previous conversation, which I really enjoy. And then he's just doing splits and getting hit in the nuts. And I'm like, why? Why does he have to get hit in the nuts repeatedly? 
who's laughing at this? The six-year-old, I guess, who was their first with movie. The nuggets, yeah, with the, with the chicken nuggets. <laughs> I might have been laughing. But I, <laughs> yeah, but, but I also said, so stupid. Yeah, that's the thing. You're not laughing with it. You're laughing at it. Yeah. And there's a difference that this movie doesn't straddle very well. This movie tries to straddle it, and it gets hit in the nuts by branches. <laughs> or was that intentional? Really stupid slapstick. Yeah. It 100% was. Yeah. It was, it was a choice. <laughs> a poor one. Yeah. So we're just saying it was a poor choice. Yeah. Because you could cut out him getting hit in the nuts entirely, and the movie does not change. Like, that means you had to sit there, watch it in the editing bay, and go, yeah, the nut shot's great. Yeah. That's how I felt about the ants. We would have been fine. The ants don't bug me that yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, it's too, it's too the mummy. Mm. Oh. See, I liked the ants. I think because I like the mummy. Oh. I, I like the mummy it's just a I like the creepy crawly shit of the, all the other Indiana Jones movies, so I like seeing that shit. And there's some pretty gnarly scenes of dudes getting, like, oh, completely yeah. overcome by Yeah. When he gets dragged into the anthill. Yeah. Oh, great. I was like, hell yeah. That's fun. Whatever. Yeah. Just... Because you need... I need to see the second to the top baddie either get chopped up in a plane, like, rotor. Right. Or, like, crushed by a steamroller. Yeah. That's a... a, a like tenet of those were film. better they were yeah. you know it's practical you, you get to see the red smear or the blood spray or what have you but oh, i'll take I, what i can get i will take what i can get i think the ending of the ant bit is let down where they're carrying the hat towards the ant hill and he has to walk with the skull in his hand to get his hat back i'm like oh don't do that <laughs> Don't he always gets the hat back. I know he does, but I don't need the ants <laughs> carrying the hat away yeah, into the C- their the home. CGI hat, yeah. yeah. Wait, I just remembered something. I should have no- noted this one down. When we go to the crypt and we see those spooky guys that Zach like, and the one is about to like blow dark <laughs> Yes. Up, and Indiana Jones pops up from, like, does like a... Mario goes from one end of the screen and comes out the <laughs> opposite <laughs> side. Like, mm-hmm. whoop. Well, that, that guy with the blow dart did. He went through a tunnel and Indy followed him in to then come out behind him oh. and underneath him. Good for you for following the logic of this movie. What do they call I've it? Seen I've seen it more than once. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't see it. I didn't catch that. But to me, it was like he just appeared and then blew the dart back into his throat. Yeah, no, because you can see it in the moment right before... Shia looks and Indy goes, don't move or stay right there or something like that. And then he dives into one of those tunnels because he's noticed that that's what they're doing. They're going through this intricate tunnel system and coming out other places. So that's why he follows him through. And I assume he comes from behind him, like crouching and then pops up in front and blows the dart, which is a sick move. And that's where I wrote down Indy is a badass. Mm -hmm. He was a badass before that, too. But that was a he's still a a badass for his age. He's still a badass, you know? I think my favorite was the rocket engine burning all those dudes alive. That was pretty sick. I know, but him, those guys, him and that dude riding that rocket yeah. with no strap. No. No. It's a, it's a no. Correct. It's a no. It's a no. Well, they don't need to ride straps. They're going straight on a track. Centrifugal force is keeping them there. It keeps the hat pinned against the grate. Go ahead and argue with Adam. It sucks. (laughs) And then it slows down. I was worried about how are you possibly going to stop without these guys splattering. But I guess it's some type of water. Oh, wow. You can see water's been saving people left and right in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But that's by design because it's a test track. So it's there to test the rocket. You see it go and then it stops at the end so you can bring it back and fix it or do it again. Totally feasible. Yeah. Dropping off the waterfalls. Oh my gosh. And, yeah, and staying on the boat somehow. <laughs> They're just like, oh, I was pushed deep into the sea. That's yeah. all. No, there's there's plenty of ridiculous things in this movie. That's why I'll defend the rocket because at least that one makes sense. <laughs> Definitely not the worst, most egregious thing. I like that <laughs> each this, of us has like a pet ridiculous thing. Yeah. We're like, well, you know what? Yeah. But the thing is, like, to your <laughs> this is how this movie got <laughs> the made. The rocket car has a seat in front of it that has straps, so they know that you need a seat and straps to ride the fucking thing. <laughs> well, if you're if you're doing it by the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indy's nothing if a guy who doesn't go by the book. Yeah. He doesn't follow anybody's rules exactly. So we've done a lot of shitting on this movie. Rightfully so. I would like to hear some some positives. What were some of your favorite moments? Favorite lines? I teach part-time. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. Like yeah. I said, I thought there was a, a decent chunk. I don't know if I want to quantify that as exactly like saying half or whatever, but there was a decent chunk of the movie where I thought it was viable, but yeah. it was just too much. Too much. So, I don't know. There were definitely some redeemable parts, like the, the the Yale car chase scene, the beginning of the um, the Amazon car chase scene. Definitely some redeemable parts, but overall, I don't know. Yeah. Did you have any particular favorite lines, Bridget? Should I, I did li- like the teach part-time line. I'll say no. Okay. Wow. I don't know about lines. I'd have to think about that more, but there were a couple scenes I liked. I already mentioned the greasers and the socias. That was fun. And it made me think of um, Back to the Future. Yeah. Again, also taking place in a 50s diner. Yeah, nice nostalgic uh, fight scene. That It was funny. The quicksand I thought was fun. Mm. I do like when he explains it's not quicksand, it's a dry sand. And the difference being that there's mud. And she's like, shut up, we don't care. See, yeah, <laughs> see, that was good. And if it's real, I want to do a fact check. <laughs> can I get a fa- can I get a fact check crew working on this? Yeah. And what's your question? While we're doing the podcast, um, is what he explained about quicksand legit? Is there an ant species as such on Earth? Um, <laughs> are there? Um, are there aliens? Yeah, aliens made of crystal. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh god! There is dry quicksand. So. All right. So I like that. You know, um, and I would like, why do we go so far off the rails? I really enjoy those Nazca lines. Visiting real locations could be cool. I feel like, you know what? It's a familiar feeling that I really like these parts and then they go off the rails. It's going to get too fantastical and too made up. I don't want to hear about, I don't know. I don't want to hear the crazy shenanigans. It's just, it's just too far-fetched. Every ending is like... E.T. going away or, the, or like some ridiculous poltergeist stuff. It's like over the top. Mm. How about you, Johnny? Any particularly favorite lines or favorite scene? No, I don't care for any of the lines of this movie. I mean, yeah, the part-time is fine. I mean, even when you were talking about like the explanation in the in the, the quicksand, the dry quicksand, mm-hmm. oh, even good. that is kind of out of character for, I think, Harrison Ford. It's like, dude, like the guy understands peril and what's going on. I think he'd be like, I don't have time to talk to explain to you what quicksand is. Where I think here it's just, right. it, where it's, it's a little too on the nose, stupid, funny, whatever. No, there are large chunks of this, not large chunks, there are chunks of this movie that work. All the stuff, like I said, is sh- the, 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 the scene in Yale, the chase, all that stuff is great. 
I think we didn't really talk too much about Harrison Ford per se, but I, I think he's fine. Yeah. I think he's fine in this. And I like doing the stunt work, you know, climbing the crates in Area 51, all that. But the more the movie starts introducing more ingredients mm-hmm. and being lazy and like Harrison Ford becoming childish with uh, Marianne and acting out of character is a huge problem. And then just, yeah, just a, a characters avoiding death way too easily. Where the, like in the originals, it was like, yeah, they probably would have survived here. It's like, good God. It's stormtrooper levels. In it, this fight. Exactly. And also, people do not know how to shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this one. They never do. You can always outrun machine guns in these movies, but but you're saying this one's it just even seems beyond like, that. I, there seems to be like a beat between, like, like they see Harrison Ford, they're like, oh, there he is. Put your guns up and aim it towards him. It just. It's like Tom Brady. You can't hit Tom Brady. <clears throat> You got people, like, purposely missing their sack. Yeah, there's refs off to the side who ready to throw yeah. the, the yellow flag at, at Kate Blanchett. Right. She, she hits Harrison Ford with a bullet. I love that. Plenty of Monday morning quarterbacking in this movie. It's just a lazy movie. I don't know if it's even a lazy movie. It just, it feels misguided. And... It's almost like it's based on an outline. Like, and I know every movie's technically based on an outline, but it seems like this was a very bullet-pointed, okay, I need aliens at the end, and I need him to have a son, and I need Marion to come back, and I don't really care what happens after that. It, or in between that. You know what I was thinking about during the Area 51 chase? Particularly during the rocket launch. I was thinking, this doesn't feel like an Indiana Jones movie. This feels like a sketch send-up of an Indiana Jones movie done for, like, the MTV Movie Awards. You're like Mad TV. And Shia LaBeouf is hosting. Whoa. You know, like, it, there's, th- like, I too get that reference. I don't know that this is working as a complete product. Mm-hmm. A complete story and narrative and film. You guys have now all seen yep. four Indiana Jones movies. I don't want to scare you. Uh-oh. There will be a fifth. <gasps> it comes out next year. Do you think you would be interested in seeing another Indiana Jones movie, seeing what you've seen now? Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, should you be on the text thread that I send out saying, who's down to see this next week? It's not next week, it's next yeah, year. But like, um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. When the time comes and I go to send out the text, do you want to be on that text thread? That's basically my, my question. Harrison Ford's in it? Yes. Harrison Ford does return. It is a new director. It is not Steven Spielberg doing this again. So it is a new director, uh, James Mangold, who's done some pretty good work, has salvaged some series that have less than stellar sequels. No LaBeouf? No LaBeouf, as far as I know, unless he's cameoed or whatever. It's, I'm out. I'm kidding. Is, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. But you've seen uh, three that you really enjoyed yeah. and one that you didn't. Yeah. The track record says this could be a hiccup. How do you yeah. feel about a fifth Indiana Jones movie? I, I wouldn't vehemently say no. I would I think I would I would entertain the idea. Okay. I would entertain the idea. Uh, but I'm also not like chomping at the bit. Like I'm not going out and buying my ticket today. No. You know, I'm not, <laughs> not pre-ordering that ticket. Um, but you know, if uh, it's a rainy, rainy weekend afternoon and yeah. I got nothing better to do, sign me up. Okay. But I'm not chomping at the bit to go see it. Zach, how about you? I, I feel obligated. We're the indie goers. Oh. Okay. 
Now, Bridget, you <laughs> you took the full 14 years to mm-hmm. see this movie mm-hmm. that took 19 years to get made. Would you go see another movie 15, 16 years on from this one? I would. Okay. I would. Like Eddie, not chomping at the bit, but this movie being, to put it generously, less than stellar does not change the fact that the original trilogy is magical. And, no. Like, this, fantastic. This didn't sexually assault your childhood? No. Okay. No. <laughs> this is... It's just a bad movie. And so, gotta stop worrying about the boogeyman in the closet. Yeah. Or the, the, the indie in the fridge, so to speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. So lower expectations. So, right. Just... Actually, high expectations of having a great time mm. okay. with the indie goers. Okay. Kind of like Johnny, how about you? How do you feel about uh, Indie 5? Yeah, I mean, I'll see it, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Record um, that now and play it when you... <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be interested to see, now that it's not Spielberg anymore, what, uh, what... Who's writing it? James Mangold. Yeah, what he does with it. But yeah, I just... Now... We're what? How many years away from two thousand eight now? It's like he's that much older now. How much more can he do? Yeah, it'll be fifteen years on because that the, what came out in two thousand eight. It'll be right. twenty twenty three when the new one comes out. How old was Sean Connery in three? That's a good question, actually. This is why you need Shia. I don't think anyone says that you need Shia. I don't think anyone anything. needs Shia yeah. for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done with him. <laughs> But if Harrison... No, I'm done. <laughs> ...is going to play the Sean Connery role... Oh, God, I hope that's not how that goes. So, in, so yeah. Last Crusade came out in 89, uh, and Connery was born in 30. So he was 59 years old when he was in... And how old is Harrison Ford now? Harrison Ford now? He was born in 42, so he's 80. Okay. So his Sean Connery role was this movie we just watched, basically. Yeah. God. And he was still slobber-knocking. Yeah. He still looked like Shawn Michaels. I don't like the term slobber-knocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but Shawn Michaels was okay? Shawn Michaels was off behind. Yeah, it was okay. It, the age concerns me mm-hmm. immensely. <laughs> I just, everyone stop looking at me. We're not Are talking you? about a presidency. I just need a nod for the bridge every now and again. Yeah, I, I will say, when I left this one, despite how many problems I had with it, I was humming the tune, I was whistling it. I'm so, excited to go back and watch the originals yeah. after this. Like, I'm in the mood for indie now. They you know, play some Uncharted. To Zach's, you know, you know, essence, like, if the essence is there, sure, why not? And if there's a Groupon, great. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's an essence, it's just way overspiced. Yeah. <laughs> What about you, Adam? I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I I like the director. I like what he was able to do with the film Logan, which is an X-Men movie that had come out after a string of some pretty bad X-Men movies. And that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that movie. He's done some other stuff that's been pretty good. Just to look at some of his work. Uh, Girl Interrupted, Walk the Line, 310 to Yuma, The Wolverine, Logan, Ford versus Ferrari. Like, these are all... Not bad. Yeah, it's a good track record as a director. Good resume, yeah. So taking that, taking on this franchise, I hope that he's got a feel for the essence of the character and that they can do some things to give you that indie feel 
while not necessarily stretching 80-year-old Harrison Ford to his limit, but it being able to still allow him to do some indie-esque things. I'm also on board with this because, unlike Han Solo, Harrison Ford seems to love this character as opposed to openly loathe it. So that means that he wants to do it because he's excited to do it, not because a studio backed a dump truck full of money and said, do Han Solo again mm. or do Indiana Jones again. He seemed ready to come back to it. And the way that he's talked in recent interviews and stuff that's come out in the last few weeks is he's like excited about it, which makes me excited about it because he's, he, he's caring and he's trying. Hmm. We also get away from the Spielberg Lucas of it, which I think could help because they might have run out of ideas or they might have wanted to do things for their own personal reasons that didn't necessarily serve the greater story, which is what we saw on the ending of this one. Uh, so I am excited for it. I'll probably be there opening day. But if it's bad, who cares? Then we can stop. You know, then you've made two bad ones in a row at Harrison Ford's 80. We're good. So either way, it'll be nice to sunset the character or kickstart. It better whatever. be a swan song. Cause like, what? yeah, for real. Like, where are you going after that? Well, it'll be his, I think. But just like they tried to introduce Shia in this one, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to introduce some other character that can then take the treasure hunting archaeologist role and run with it as sort of a spinoff, but spiritual continuation mm. of this franchise. Indy's going to have a daughter or something. Oh, see, I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want any daughters. Yeah, no, no. we already did Secret Long Lost Son. I don't need Secret Long Lost Daughter. Okay, so it's uh, it's somebody, though. Well, yeah, it would have to be somebody if it's going to continue. Because that's where we're going. <laughs> It'd be nice, and I don't mean to go off on a tangent on this one, but as far as, like, I think they should spend more time on how cool archaeology is and teaching that. Yeah. And, like, doing, like, mm-hmm. hang that off of someone that anyone can be an archaeologist, anyone can get into this sort of fun stuff. Like, that would be cool. Yeah. Like, kind of the way that, like, like The Last Jedi kind of ended, where, like, like any kid or whatever can yeah, become does. this. It doesn't have, you don't have to be a Skywalker, per se. There's nothing special about being a Jones, you know what I mean? A Henry Jones. At that a point. Henry Jones at <laughs> yeah. that. Which would bode well for an older Harrison Ford, who probably could just spend more time teaching someone about archaeology and doing the puzzles and all the other stuff that's maybe missing here. And less running up crates and jumping onto moving cars. Yeah, we never get, and it's honestly a surprise they never went this route, we never get one of his students like joining him on an adventure. Hmm. It's always somebody else that he knew from outside the world right. of his classroom. That's what it's going to be. It could be, you know? But that that would just be another way to take it, where you don't have to have Henry or Henrietta Jones junior the third the fourth whatever <laughs> like i don't need that no so. yeah and you don't need to set up a character to take the mantle and have that character be casted again in another one just let it be that like this is a fun world to learn about and be in mm-hmm. and just have it be that and then the next movie they can decide who can be the next adventure goer exactly yeah you know because then one after that you could do indy gets kidnapped at the start and you need somebody to follow his trail. And therefore, he doesn't have to be in it, but he is, and the spirit of it is there. So there's ways that you can take the franchise that doesn't necessarily need to include Harrison Ford in the starring action hero role. But we'll see We'll see how it goes, and I'm, I'm on board for it. Yeah. Uh, anything else that we want to go over? Any other last-minute thoughts? Any other last-minute hate? 
or praise that you want to heap onto <laughs> any of this or any of the Indiana Jones movies? Uh, Adam's looking at me, so... It's the same thing. It's a fun ride with a rough landing. Okay. That's the end of the movies for me. All, even the ones I like. Okay. I like that summation. Fun ride with a rough landing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. Okay. Was it that horrible, Bridget? <laughs> no, no. I'm just thinking, I think, you know, we just had a, a long discussion of like, you know, how could a, an indie franchise look going forward? And part of me is like, just let it, like... Mm. What I think the question I would like to have filmmakers ask going forward is, how do I make a movie that works like Indiana Jones, but is not an Indiana Jones movie? Right. We're stuck, I think, in this feedback loop of like, we're going to have a Star Wars, and we're going to have an Indiana Jones, and we're going to have a Marvel movie, and we're just going to keep going back to these same wells. Yeah, there's three Avatar sequels planned for the next three years. I know. <laughs> but I'm ready to go back to Pandora. But that's the Um... But I would like, I would like just new veins, like new roads to go down mm. rather than like, how do we make this old thing work? Like, you know. It's just studio scared to death of doing original IP with a big budget. Like yeah. they just can't, they People can't fathom it. They have to go with something that can sell and it sucks. Yeah. Like the only, the anomaly is like a Christopher Nolan. They just give that dude whatever he wants because he's proven that he can create a big budget movie with an original idea and it'll fucking make a ton of money. Yeah. But it does suck. It's like, why can't they just take a risk Yeah, and do something fun? Because home video doesn't exist anymore. That's also true. Because normally you could take a risk in the olden days. You could take a risk and you can make your money back on VHS or DVD or whatever. Now it just goes to HBO Max or Disney Plus or streaming and you don't see a dime of that because you know, like Netflix pays you, but they don't. you don't get the right. per watch money necessarily. So that's really why, you know, to Bridget's question that she asked a lot is, why don't they make movies like this anymore? It's because there's not a second chance at more money. Mm -hmm. You get your theatrical run and then that's it. Because your theatrical run, like the TV channels and the streaming services will pay you for your content before the movie even comes out where they know it's good or not off the back of name recognition of the stars or the director or the franchise. But you don't get that second chance to become a cult status. And if you do become cult, you didn't make any money off of it because people just watched it on HBO Max. Is it really not nearly as lucrative nowadays with the with the streaming services? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's a same bummer. With, same with musical, with music. Mm. People, artists losing money left and right on Spotify. Yeah. So that's ultimately why they, you see more of this nostalgia trip, these retreads, because they know people will go to the theater to see the eighth Spider-Man movie where they won't go to see brand new superhero IP that wasn't a comic, wasn't a video game, wasn't whatever. Grim. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. And this will cap off sequel September, where we watched all sequels to movies we've seen on the show so far, um, which I think we had lots of fun doing, even though we ended on some much worse films than their, their predecessors. That's part of the fun of it. We got some good ones. We got some not so good ones. We had some fun along the way. <laughs> uh, but remember, you can find every episode of Final Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, what your favorite Indiana Jones movie is. Do you want to see future Indiana Jones movies? What do you think the, the franchise could be beyond Untitled Indiana Jones Project number five? 
Uh, let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Eddie and Zach, I want to thank you both for coming back after some time away for this legacy sequel. Hope you guys had some fun, had some laughs, had some good time hanging out with friends. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Johnny. I'm Bridget. And thanks so much for listening. Just one final shit talk about this movie, and then I, I will move on. This movie has two bad endings. The worst ending is the wedding, which is terrible. <laughs> but then the the ending right before it, where they all go, what about the city of gold? And then Indy, who up to this point is just a regular, like, is a professor of archaeology, suddenly is fluent in Mayan, goes, the Mayan word for gold means treasure. Knowledge was their treasure. <laughs> Fucking movie. All right, that's it. <laughs> okay.